On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Whoop, I just nearly knocked my drink off my desk. That would have been bad. Um, welcome to today's episode. I don't even know what I'm calling this show now. And today's episode is not really like well we'll get onto that in a second but just before we get on to what this show is about today what's happening I'm not drunk I swear I literally have had a couple of sips of my drink um I'd like to acknowledge your traditional custodians of country so I am now on Woolgarukaba land in Townsville Townsville in northern Queensland it's my new home and I'm very excited to be here and that's where I am now recording today's show but today's show isn't just here on this land it is broadcasters throughout Australia and throughout the world so I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout all of Australia and their connections to land sea and community I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today on the land that always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey today. And this episode I decided to do because this month is Bisexual Health Awareness Month. March every year it was something that was started by the Bisexual Resource Centre, which for anyone listening who is bisexual, uh, bisexual plus, uh, go check out this resource center it's amazing super super useful um really helpful as someone who identifies as bisexual and who has come out relatively late in life I can say that it's so helpful to have resources like this and to feel less alone especially in a time like COVID now I'm going to be talking about in this episode we're going to be talking about mental health I'm not a mental health expert um, and some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about might be a little bit triggering for some people, um, because we're going to be talking about things like suicide rates and things like that. So just be aware of that. If this is the first podcast episode you're listening to, and you're like, I just came here for like a business episode and I don't know what's going on. Maybe head back and listen to some earlier episodes, unless you've landed on this because you're an entrepreneur and you're bisexual and you're like, oh, this is like totally speaking my language. And like maybe that's how you found out about the show, which is awesome. That's cool. Stick around. Um, and if you're not bisexual, you don't identify as bisexual or pansexual or as someone who is attracted to more than one gender, um, That's it's not totally what this episode is about. I want to start off by talking a little bit about some of the facts around bisexuality because in honour of Bisexual Health Month, but at the same time I also uh, want to talk about identity in general and I want to talk about for me, my personal experience with how running a business and how having to like sort of force myself to grow, especially over the past year, has affected how I've seen myself and my role in the world as well. And I think, you know, for where I want to take this show, this is pretty relevant. I feel a lot of pressure to be like super relevant all the time in terms of like how to grow your business and how to grow your brand because this show up until now I think I'm going to change it after this episode I don't know completely yet I haven't completely decided but uh I wanted to change the show to the title purpose driven um because I think that I've been giving 
sort of insight from a very like two-dimensional way of looking at business and looking at growth. And I want to take that further. And I've been talking about this over the last few episodes, like this show's changing, this show's pivoting. And at the moment I'm trying to work out, do I start a new season? Every time I like change my mind about the show, I just like start a new season. Um, <laughs> I think I think I'm just going to like stick with season five and like everything's going to be season five now, no matter what happens. Um And I've been thinking about as well, like, okay, so yeah, like entrepreneurship and career and business and life and meaning and purpose and fulfillment and the environment and why we show up and work every day and why we wake up, all these things, how they relate to each other. And I was like, I really want to bring more of myself into this show as well, instead of yeah, being so two-dimensional and surface level. Uh, that's how I see myself sometimes. So I, um, this is my first, well, it's probably not my first attempt, but it's an attempt <laughs> of, um, of taking things a little bit deeper and being a bit more candid and uh, talking about some issues that I think are not talked about enough. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some facts. We're gonna talk about some problems and uh yeah, I, I I guess like my goal for this episode is to um sometimes I find like sharing stuff about myself is I don't know, it's cathartic for me, but they also those episodes seem to do kind of well too. So uh yeah, we'll see, we'll see how we go. So um First things first, um, I want to start off, start off this podcast, you know, six minutes in, uh, <laughs> talking about my new job and where where I'm at, uh, like why I moved, all that kind of stuff, because I think that um, my career journey is kind of interesting for a lot of people who are maybe running a business on the side or running business full time. Um, it can be really isolating. It can be really lonely. And uh, sometimes we can feel like we want to go back to work. Now, for me, I've I've run a business for five years. I technically still run my own business. Uh, like I'm a contractor. So technically still have my own business. Um, but I am now engaged in a long-term kind of commitment uh, with a startup overseas in America. Uh, we just rebranded the company. We're just going through a rebrand at the moment. So I'm part of that. I'm the chief marketing officer at People Strength, where CEO is Brian Fretwell, who I've had on my show before. And I mentioned this briefly uh, last week. Oh, yeah. Also, I know this episode's a little bit late, so apologies for that. I've been moving, which is the other thing I'm going to talk to you guys about about in a second. Uh, So I, you know, Removalists came into our place in Townsville on Monday. So it's just been really hectic and I wanted to make sure I still got an episode out this week, even though it was a bit late. So lots of things are happening, like new job, new place. And I think that this stuff couldn't have happened without me doing this journey doing being on this journey for the past five years of kind of being like I think my the biggest thing for me was five years ago when I decided to leave the job I was in I took another three months for me to leave the job but um I was 26 years old and uh I originally some of you might know I originally left um to start my business um, branded Pacific content at the time with um, a guy I worked with at um, at this media company. And I remember kind of when I, when I started that journey, I remember just not, I was like, my job was fine for like the most part, but towards the end what happened was I started feeling really restricted started feeling kind of trapped because I was like I you know I I know I'm talented and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn right I'm saying this because you you are someone listening to this and you can probably identify with this as well right I'm like I'm a talented person I'm a committed person I have been proving myself in like being able to grow this 
business and being able to grow the revenue stream that I'm responsible for growing and being able to retain clients and being able to do all these things. And I'm not really being valued in the job I'm in. And or I didn't feel like I was anyway. And I didn't really care about the money. Like getting a token kind of promotion was okay. That was fine. But the thing that really bugged me was like there wasn't anything new. It was kind of like instead of being like Lauren's really great with like new projects and like building things that are new and like sort of a bit of an it has that entrepreneurial spirit it was like now we want you to do this completely different role to the one you've been doing over the past year and a half because now that we've established this revenue stream now we want you to maintain it so I went from this like being in this really kind of interesting diverse team that was like committed to really like growing this new sort of revenue stream in this business to being like just keep the customer happy and don't think about new things we've gotten there we've arrived and now we just want you to like maintain the status quo and that was when I started feeling really unsatisfied at work so the reason the catalyst for me leaving was like I want to do something on my own where I'm not bored you know where I don't feel bored and I feel like I can you know really make my mark and do what I want to do and then you know went into the whole business thing and got really passionate about that and a couple of years in I started doing started dabbling in podcasting and content creation and all that kind of stuff and then I sort of had a falling out with my business partner we were having issues with growing the business and sort of I just was like this is this is not working for me and you know, one thing that I struggle with is like if I, I'm not very good at being fake. So once I realize something, it's very hard for me to pretend that things are okay when they're not. Uh, so I had a conversation with my business partner pretty much straight away once I was like, hang on, this isn't working. This is not okay. Handled it actually very, very similar to the way that I <laughs> have handled uh, relationships that haven't worked in the past. I'm like, no, 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 I can't. I can't do this anymore. This isn't working for me. I, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Um, and then I, you know, took over the business and then started taking the business in different directions and trying new things out. And then COVID happened and then my business really struggled um, during COVID. And I think also I struggled because I was like, I am now, I don't want to grow this anymore. I'm not passionate about this. I'm not passionate about marketing for the sake of marketing, uh, but I really love telling a good story and I really love talking to interesting people. And I sort of rediscovered myself in a lot of ways last year through COVID because I was like, I've got nothing to do. I've hardly got any clients. What am I going to do with my life? What am I? And things started feeling really meaningless. And I was like, and looking back on it, I'm like kind of grateful for that experience. And I know that sounds cliche and I'm kind of also a bit sick of people being like, so grateful for COVID. No, it was shit. But I'm like, it happened. And what I could take away from it, not that it's completely over, but what I've taken away from what's happened so far is that uh, I didn't actually really want to run a business. I mean, I wanted to run a business, but I didn't want to run the business I was running. Um, so I'm kind of open to running a business, but I, the kind of what I, I ended up being really socially isolated and I'm like this super extroverted person. So I found running a business on my own was like really, really difficult. So I, why am I saying all of that? Well, I'm saying that because I guess maybe you feel like that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, no, this is exactly what I want to do, right? Either way, that's fine. Like your story doesn't have to be the same as mine. But I think part of the thing is, is when we start hearing people's stories, then we can start to also see our own story. What are the things that we relate to? What are the things that we don't relate to? So for me, um, when I was running the business on my own, it was great when I had clients that I could really gel with and and like talk through things with but what I found I constantly was doing was I was accommodating my clients and I found it really hard to maintain 
boundaries. I found it hard to maintain boundaries, even though I had worked with clients before for someone else. So there was something about, and this is something I had to really kind of figure out, uh, you know, over the past year, especially it was like, but even for longer, like I've had different business coaches and mentors and, and, you know, I've done therapy and lots of things. And I was like, how do I get to a place where I feel like I'm authentically being me? Now you might be thinking, well, why does that matter? Why does that matter for running a business? Like I've spent the last year talking to you guys about how to grow a brand and and the science behind growing a brand, right? And it talks a little bit about mindset and a bit about motivation and things like that. But the truth of the matter is, is it's like you can have all of the implementation stuff, right? You can have the strategic mind and the strategic know-how, but if you're not backing yourself, then you're going to face massive issues. And for me, over the last few months, what I had to recognize was I was like, I don't have my back sometimes. I'm struggling with having my back on my own. Maybe maybe I'm sort of not creating an environment that is right for me to get the best out of myself. Like maybe what I've set up for myself isn't what's allowing me to be the person that I can be, to be the person that can, you know, really shine at what I'm good at. Definitely there were elements of things that I've done that have. So I think like interviewing and podcasting and doing the live streaming stuff, I was like, I feel so in flow. I feel so ready to like I just I'm just so happy in this state and if you've heard me on like interviews on other people's shows you can hear in my voice that I'm just like so happy to be there I'm so like genuinely happy to be talking to other people I love having conversations with people it's kind of what I live for but the on the flip side the stuff that was making money for me was the stuff I was like dreading I was like I don't want to do this I I am really dreading doing this work and I think what it was was part of the reason I was dreading it was because I kept selling myself short and I didn't have people around me who were going like no you are good enough like no you're not an imposter I've talked about imposter syndrome on the show before um now if you're wondering what does this have to do with bisexuality why are we talking about bisexuality on this podcast as well I'll get to that in a second but I just wanted to kind of like I guess I want to start with the business side of things because it's like this is a business show. So in all of that journey, for me, what happened was I started looking at, okay, and even though this has always been important to me, I have found it hard to to kind of maintain or, or keep in mind. One of the things that's most important to me is getting to know who I am really understanding, okay, who am I? What do I want with my life? And how does that manifest itself in all the different ways that I'm me? So what I do for my career, how I show up in my family, how I show up in my relationship, uh, how I show up with friends, all that kind of stuff. Like who is me and what do I want? And how is that going to, it's not so much about happiness, but it's more about that, like, you know, coming from a place of, of authenticity, right? And having this business that was sometimes working and sometimes not working forced me to look at that in a, in a different way because it was like, okay, I know I have the skills. I know I'm smart enough. I know I've got all the strategic insight. What's going on? Why can't I just put my head down and do the stuff I know I need to do to make this business successful? And I think what it was what I came to realize was I was just like because I don't enjoy that I don't enjoy you know doing the things I need to do to do that I want to do something where I'm building something that I really believe in you know how do I build my own business if I'm not really believing in it so I'm really excited to be working at People's Strength um it's pretty pretty fucking cool um we've been sort of growing quite quickly and getting lots of interest and I'm 
super excited about it. Essentially what I'm doing as the chief marketing officer is helping grow the first gym for emotional fitness uh, in the world. And if you're wondering what emotional fitness is and what that looks like and what that means, uh, you can head over to my LinkedIn profile or go check out peoplestrength.com. You'll find out more about what we're doing. And this isn't meant to be a promo for, for that, but what was exciting for me was finding a team and finding a place I could work where I really believed in what we were doing because so much of what we were ta- we're talking about and in the in the you know sort of early iterations of this had talked about was what I was like this has been missing this has been missing for me and so many people that I know sorry I'm just gonna have a drink while I uh while I there's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun but to the smoking tire the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Talk. So, um... I'm really, really excited about just feeling like I belong somewhere uh, with a team doing some really cool shit and I'm way happier, way happier doing this work than I was uh, sort of being in my business full-time trying to get new clients all the time. And I don't think I could have gotten this job without doing the five years. I don't think I could have gotten this job without COVID because I'm working with a startup in America. I have just moved towns. I live in Townsville. Like Townsville is not where you would expect to get hired as a chief marketing officer, right? Like, and not to get too, you know, hyped up about titles. I mean, but like the kind of work that I'm doing is something that like I dreamed about in the past. Like imagine if I could go to America and like work with a startup over there. And it turns out that like, yeah, maybe eventually I would go to America, but for now I'm working, you know, in essentially like a, like a, a small city in Northern Queensland, very far away from a lot of places, beautiful place. Uh, and I get to do something that I really believe in and I'm super passionate about, but I wouldn't have seen this and I wouldn't have done the networking stuff. I I wouldn't have done any of that without going through that entrepreneurship journey either. So I think like this thing around identity is interesting because it's like, if we go too far into identifying as a certain type of entrepreneur, then we could miss out on opportunities that are really, really great for us. Um, if we if we kind of go, oh, no, like I'm going to do this kind of work. I'm going to work as this kind of person. I'm going to grow this kind of business. And if I can't, I'm a failure and like I'm never uh, going to give up. Like that sounded really counterintuitive, but you know that story of like <laughs> – entrepreneur who's like failed like a bazillion times and it's like I'm never going to give up like failure is part of it failure is part of it right like but well I mean I don't even call it failure just call it like data information um but I think that things are a little bit more fluid than than what what the story that gets told quite a lot about entrepreneurship and what it means um and also you know there's so many cliches around like being purpose-driven, being entrepreneurial, being um, authentic, being genuine. But what I can tell you is like if it feels easy, then that's probably not the right thing. Like if it's kind of like, you know, uh, it makes me think of like, you know, you see a lot of those quotes that are like these really cheesy kind of like entrepreneurship quotes or about following your dream or whatever and it's like, to me, it's all a little bit bullshit because actually like the the stuff in here to like figure out what the fuck you want to do with your life is actually really, really hard. And I think I've spent 
my whole life trying to work out what that is. Like I've been fixated on that since I was a kid. And what's interesting for me is as I've started to get clarity on this stuff, then I started looking at other areas of my life and going, where else can I get this clarity? And over the last year in particular, um, my sexual identity, my sexual orientation has been like a massive focus for me, uh, which is interesting because like I've, I just turned 31. So, you know, I'm not young. Uh, I mean, I'm not old, <laughs> but I'm not young. So I want to talk a little bit about that story and I want to start talking about some parallels because this, you know, you might identify as, you know, anywhere on the spectrum of sexuality, right? Like, but the reason I want to say this is like this could be happening in other areas of your life and I want to talk about the crossover instead of talking about business like business is just it's a thing on its own. It relates to all these other things. So, for instance, maybe as a parent, right, or maybe as someone who is uh, neurodiverse, maybe as someone who is, uh, you know, in a minority group, Um I, I, there's so many or being being a woman right like there's there's so many different layers to who we are and there's so many there's so many ways that those things start to interact with each other and that's something that I've started to learn and I'm not completely totally across yet but it's so weird how these things interrelate I think for me, like a lot of it comes down to boundaries. I have a, an issue with setting boundaries and sticking to boundaries. And that was a massive issue for me with clients. That was a massive issue for me with, it's like, I'm aware of it. That's why I can talk to other people about it. And I did a show a while on boundary setting. Cause I'm like, I had to have the structure because I, it's so easy for me to accommodate and just be like, oh, okay, that's what you want to do. Okay, cool. And the thing is, is that accommodating? was happening for me in all these different areas of my identity. And I think probably where it's affected me the most is with my sexual identity and sexual orientation. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I think, well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to frame this up with some stats because, you know, I value science and, We'll start off with some statistics and then I'll talk about that in relation to my own journey. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. I haven't done an episode like this before, so we'll see where we go. So first thing, like just definitions-wise, uh, if you're kind of like wondering exactly what bisexuality means, that's okay. Like a lot of people are unclear about that um, and there are different definitions out there. But the most common one and the one that's sort of like used in law and used medically is that bisexuality refers to anyone who is attracted to more than one gender. So essentially anyone who isn't like monosexual. And there's a spectrum, right? So there are people who are like very attracted to same sex or very attracted to the opposite sex. And then there's everyone in the middle and obviously there's people who identify as gender fluid there's people who identify as trans so you know seeing this kind of like binary thing of like sexuality and sexual identity is problematic and it's not like it's starting to be talked about but there's a lot of pigeonholing still <laughs> right um, so some people prefer, you know, saying like they're pansexual. Some people prefer saying like bisexual plus or queer. And um, that's sort of like a personal preference thing. For me, like I say bisexual meaning is in like, yeah, attracted to more than one gender. Like it's sort of about the person and uh, it's sort of about, you know, I don't know, it changes over time for me as well, like who I'm attracted to and, and what's going on there. Um, now when we use that definition, so I'm going to just say bisexual plus um, just for like ease of reference. So people who are bisexual identify as bisexual plus uh, make up almost 60%. I think it's like 57.9% according to a recent Gallup poll um, of the LGBT community identifies bisexual plus. And it's over 50% that identify as like bisexual period. Um, so massive, massive 
amount of people within the LGBT community identify as bisexual. And despite that, it has way less funding than homosexuality does. Uh, it has, uh, there's all these health disparity issues. One of the ones that really hit me and then I couldn't find anything else about it, which really fucked me off and actually made me really like, like because I value science, it just, it really pissed me off was I was reading this article on uh, the conversation and it was talking about this study that showed that people, and I, I'll put the link in the in the show notes, but there's, there's for a long time we've known that there's all of these health benefits that relate to um, people who are married, right? Uh, people who originally studies were done on people who are married, uh, who, you know, man and woman, like heteronormative marriage, right? And um, they found that, yeah, like people live longer, they have less diseases, there's all these fantastic, less mental health issues, all these benefits. And then they were like, Researchers like, oh, cool, like let's check this out with like people who have same-sex marriages. So people who identify as gay or lesbian and are in a same-sex marriage also experience all of these health benefits, right? It's pretty much the same, which isn't that surprising, right? You're in a loving relationship with another person regardless of gender, like awesome. But then they had a look at what was happening for people who were bi. And people who were bisexual didn't experience those health benefits. In fact, they found they basically had no health benefits from being in a long-term marriage relationship thing, having a spouse. Um, There was slightly, for people who were uh, bi married to someone of the same sex, they they experienced some health benefits but not comparative to what we see in same-sex couples of people who identify as gay or lesbian or um, heterosexual couples who identify as straight. Um, and I was like, what What the fuck? Why is that happening? Like what's going on there? I want to understand why this is the case. And uh, they're like, we don't know. And there's been no research into that. I was also looking for research into like whether people who are bisexual on average experienced uh, like they were happier, more mentally healthy in a polyamorous relationship versus a monogamous relationship. Couldn't find anything on that except for like anecdotal stuff, which for me as a scientist is just like I want to see the I want to see the figures, right? Like I want to see the data. I want to see like over a large population, a large sample size, like what's going on? And there's like nothing. So like that in particular really bugs me that like there's not that much funding that goes into like it's it's crazy low you know, mental health wise and, you know, someone who has had (laughs) pretty big mental health issues, um, mental health wise, like we're talking like 40% of people who are bisexual have contemplated or attempted suicide. People who are bisexual are four times more likely than people who are uh, straight to commit suicide and two times more likely than people who are homosexual to commit suicide. Um, really, really high risk group. Again, why? I don't know. There's not that much research into this stuff. Uh, there's, there's people doing great things, but it's like, it's such a silenced area (laughs) and it's frustrating because it's like, we need things externally to understand ourselves. Right. And when you don't have the data, when you don't have communities that you feel like safe to participate in and talk about things openly with, these things become a massive issue. And for me, you know, I kind of like, well, yeah, let me go into my story because then it will kind of frame up some of this stuff. It, I think like the, the the facts are one thing, but sometimes it is useful to to kind of be like, well, this is what happened for me and this is how it relates to it. This is anecdotal. This is anecdotal, right? Like this is just another story of many. Um, But for me, like I grew up uh, as a Christian in a pretty fundamentalist church. I was brought up being told that, uh, you know, homosexuality was wrong, uh, very homophobic kind of upbringing. Um, And I went to an all-girls Catholic school in high school 
and, uh, you know, again, <laughs> quite a lot of homophobia. Uh, you kind of like, you know, there were rumours about certain girls being lesbians and that was like really bad at my school, um, really stigmatised. And, yeah, I remember like the, the first the first people I were kind of was kind of attracted to were, were girls, right, like from about the time I was like 11. And I just kind of thought like, oh, okay, like that's fine. Like I just can't act on that. Like it's fine to like girls. Like just as long as, long as I don't act on it, that will be, that's okay, you know. Um, and then, you know, like by 12 or 13, yeah, 12, I think. By 12 I kind of started liking boys too. So um, then I was like, oh, well, okay, well, I like boys. So like I, I didn't even really think about it. I was just like, oh, I like boys. I Therefore like, you know, that's it. Like, okay, cool. Um, and, you know, like kind of getting that, like, I don't want to talk specifically about things that were said to me, especially by my like parents, because I love my parents and like, you know, they're very different people now to what they were at the time. Um, but like, there were things that I was kind of told that made me just go like, don't explore the other side of this. Just, you know, you like boys, like start going out with boys. It's cool. And so throughout high school, like I had times where I was attracted to girls and stuff. And I just thought that was like wrong. I was also told that like sex before marriage was bad, you know? So I was like really, really, um, repressed. And I just kind of felt like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know how to work through this stuff. I didn't have the tools. Um, and then I got to, uh, I got to, Oh yeah, by like 18, I remember, I remember I was thinking about this today actually. So I didn't have sex till I was 18, like with a guy. And actually the first guy I slept with was bi, he <laughs> was bisexual. Um, but he was like, oh, well, I used to be bisexual. And then like my stepdad told me that like, you know, you have to pick a side. And then I decided to like, that I, I liked girls better. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, okay that that makes sense I like boys better you know that kind of thing uh I didn't say I didn't like identify as bisexual at the time but just before um that I remember starting to have like quite strong physical attraction to women and um and kind of thinking about them in a different way and I was like I I guess I just kept, I, I didn't pay attention I was like oh that's that's okay like yeah I'm you know into that but like whatever I don't know I just it didn't really like click for me at the time I didn't think about it too much and I started dating I started dating guys and um and then I you know met my now husband um and we had you know we kind of got together and broke up and got back together and throughout that time I started trying to work out like well do I like women maybe I'll just date women for a while and you know trying to kind of figure out like I still kind of thought like okay I'll if I do that then um if I start dating women then I'm gay like (laughs) I didn't really think about the fact that it's like well I've been attracted to guys like the whole time um almost the whole time as well like maybe I like both men and women and by the way like I've also found people who are trans very attractive so like for me it's not just like it's not binary in that sense um and I also like for a really long time had an issue with the whole thing around like being a man and being a woman like that really frustrated me as well like I remember like from the time I was really little I like used to cry about it I'd be like I don't understand why like you have to be a boy or you have to be a girl you know, and I just wasn't taught about any of, I wasn't taught about gender fluidity. Like I wasn't taught about that kind of stuff. I was just like, you're a girl, you're going to become a woman, you're going to marry a man, then you will have sex once you're married and then you will have kids. And, and that was kind of it. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to like not do that. Right. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, this is like a bit of a long story, but um, yeah, I kind of like when I got back together with my husband, I was like, okay, like we're going to be together and it's going to just be us. And I'm so grateful that we have gotten back together. And, um, you know, he's the love of my life. I met my husband when I was really young. I actually met him when I was 17. 
Um, and I was like, I just kind of thought that I could choose to be straight. Like I thought I'm just going to like stop this, this entertaining this idea of being attracted to women and dating women and doing, trying to do that as well is causing all these problems in my relationships in general. Like it always came up whenever I was in a relationship with a guy, I always had this thing of like, oh, but like I kind of really want to be with a woman and I don't know how to, how to deal with that. So I was just like, I have to like, I have to stop this. I have to like, just, I have to control this. And I am, I am like, I I guess I never really like identified as straight, but I was just kind of like, I am in a, a heteronormative heterosexual relationship. So like, and I love my husband and I'm just going to like, this is it. And that kind of worked for me for a while. Um, but then it started, it started getting to me again, you know, and, uh, I'm at a point now where, and I think this is because now this is why I'm going back to business is like, what I've realized is that my identity and my sexual orientation have been dictated to me for such a long time that like, I've kind of not had my own back and the things that I learned in my career about how to have my own back in my career and how to end up in a place where I literally have my dream job. I'm like, I need to do that in my life as well. Like I need to have some boundaries around this and it's okay to want what I want. And it doesn't matter if that's okay in terms of society. Now, I want to talk about this for a second for people who are kind of like, well, I'm okay with that. Like, sure. Like, like I don't, I don't care. I don't care what people's sexual orientation is. I don't care what people do behind closed doors. Like when I came out on Facebook, I had people say that and like, well-meaning, you know, like well-meaning, lovely comments of people being like, it doesn't matter to me what people, you know, what, what people identify as like, why would that matter? But this is kind of why I wanted to tell the story part of this is like, But it matters to me, like it matters to me because if I can't be who I am in the world, like that's all we all really want, right? We want to be who we are in the world. And if I can't do that and I can't express that, then that's a problem for me. And I've lived most of my life doing that and I don't really want to do that anymore. And so then when I do that, when I, when I'm like, here I am and here's like how I feel and here's what's going on for me. And yeah, it's a little bit different to what other people are okay with. Like, I mean, you know, like polyamory is something that a lot of people aren't okay with, for instance, like for me, values wise, I'm completely okay with polyamory. I don't see what the issue is at all. Um, That doesn't mean that like I am polyamorous. I'm just talking about from a values perspective, um, I, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Like, and I'm saying that just to be a bit more controversial <laughs> in case people are like, oh, it will be whatever you want to be. Um, the thing is, is it's like when people say like, oh, like whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm like, sure, it might not, it might not bother you. It might not be a problem for you, but like this is a very isolating life to live because it's hard to find people who like in your community it's hard to find people who are openly accepting of that and I'm not saying accepting as in like oh whatever do whatever you want no I don't mean that I mean accepting in the sense of like I see you and I understand you and that makes sense and like from I can I can understand that like because in this in this post that I had done on Facebook, I was like, here's my background, like here's my story, like you know, short version, <laughs> not as long as this one, but it's it's very hard when it doesn't feel like that's being heard and that's being validated. Instead, it's kind of being like, okay, uh, do whatever you want to do, 
you know, like it's kind of like, you know, I guess let's let's use a business analogy, right? It's like I'm going to be I'm an entrepreneur now and I'm so excited to be an entrepreneur and I want to tell everyone about it and um, so it's going to, ch- it changes the way I live my whole life because I've got flexibility. I've got, I- I'm running the show. I don't have someone breathing down my neck. I have more freedom. I have the ability to do whatever I want to do, work wherever I want to work. Let's say for instance, right. And not only do you want to talk about that, but you want to be connected with people like that who are on that same journey. That's the same thing. And it's like, I've, it's like because I recognize that in the entrepreneurial space for myself, then I could start to see it in this other place for myself. And I, I don't think, again, I would have gotten there if I haven't, hadn't been through this entrepreneurial journey, right? Because I was like, fuck, yeah, it's isolating when you don't have community. And so for me, thinking about, again, going back to like, well, in honor of Bisexual Health Month, like I'm still working this shit out and again like I'm like I'm not a health expert I'm not giving mental health advice here but what I'm starting to find really helpful and I know there's people who are married who are in this boat people who are married in monogamous relationships that are trying to figure this stuff out I don't have it at all figured out and you know some people are happy in monogamous relationships some people aren't um and you know that that's I don't want to make it like, and this isn't true, it's not like people who are bisexual automatically uh, want to be polyamorous or anything like that. But the thing is, is it's like we we need community, guys. Like we need community in the same way that um, entrepreneurs need community and we need validation in the same way that entrepreneurs need validation. And so if you're someone who's like, I don't get why it doesn't matter, why, 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 why it matters to like sort of wave that flag, think about it from that perspective of being an entrepreneur. Like it does matter because it's like, uh, like all, all any of us really want is, is like, well, I'm repeating myself, right? But all of us really, we just want to be known, right? We want to be known for who we are. And like, the first step is for us to know who we are within ourselves, I think. I think it's like it like for me, I was like, I had to know this for myself before I could start talking to other people about it. But the thing for me is I would much rather be known in the world and I do, I'm really sick of the I don't fucking care in the nice way. Um, I think a, a better response might be like ask a question, like, what was that like for you? That must, or, you know, like, yeah, not even that must've been hard. Cause I feel like that's okay. Like that's good. But like maybe something more like, um, how did you, how did you realize this or what, what made you want to come out and say this now? And how does it feel to be talking about this now? Um, I don't know for me anyway, I think being asked questions is, is, is a lot better. Um, being asked, questions that are that are well-intentioned and um you know based on curiosity and not based on like the question that gets really annoying very quickly and I think has triggered me a few times is like well how do you know you're not gay or are you sure you're not gay um that one's particularly annoying um again I don't think people are, are saying that stuff because they they mean to be mean but it's just like it's it's kind of it's I guess if you, you haven't experienced it it can be quite hard to understand and I think that's also why there's so many well the research is not great about this but like I think we know that people who are bisexual are can feel really isolated and they can feel rejected by people who are heterosexual and people who are homosexual. And in my experience, I felt like I couldn't be part of LGBT communities um, because I wasn't gay enough and I didn't feel like I could hang around with people, especially women. I find like hanging around with women who are very straight I often feel like a bit of an outsider. Um, so I spend a lot of time feeling quite isolated in that respect. 
But then if I like hide that and I'm just like, oh, I'm a business person, then I can find another way to have like common ground with people. But now I'm kind of like, I'm a, I network heaps, right? Like I am a massive networker. I have like thousands and thousands of people on my LinkedIn, like as LinkedIn connections. I talk to people all the time. And yet like there's this still this part of my life where I feel really alone. And when I meet people who can relate, I just like, I'm like, oh, like it's amazing for me. It's so exciting. Um, but I, I, I feel like to make other people feel comfortable in the past, I haven't talked about this stuff as much. And I'm kind of sick of that. And I, I think that's kind of probably where I want to like get to with this is like, for this, for this episode is like entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven are often feeling pretty isolated because they're right at the cutting edge of something. They see something that no one else can see and that can make them feel really isolated from other people. And what we do to support entrepreneurs is we have networking events. We have ways of people connecting to each other. Virtually is fine, Right. Like we can do it virtually if we can't do it because of COVID. We can still do things really easily via LinkedIn and LinkedIn's an amazing platform for that. I'm now trying to figure out and I know there's resources out there and like I said, Bisexual Resource Centre, go check that out if you're wondering the same thing. Um, I'm now on, on a journey to try to figure that out for this other part of my life and I'm really grateful to have had these experiences in my career to get to a point where I'm like, great, I feel like that's in a really good spot now. I feel like that's really good. Now I want to move on to something else in my life that feels really important. And what I'm finding is as I'm figuring that shit out, it's also helping me with my career, with my business, what I'm doing there. It's like, because it's all related. So getting to the bottom of who we are can it, it kind of goes like in lots of directions and then they all like cross pollinate and help each other out. Um, so yeah, I think that's it from me. I know that was a bit of a ramble, um, but I kind of feel like, well, I feel like there's going to be two, two types of people listening to this episode. I say this right at the end. Um, <laughs> if you're still here, I feel like you probably fall into one of two categories. Either you're a new listener who found this particular episode um, because it's Bisexual Health Month and I've posted about it on social media and you were curious about what running a business had to do with being bisexual. Um, or you're a regular listener who's been waiting for me to release my next episode and you, uh, you know, you're listening to this because you listen to all my episodes and if you're one of those people, I love you. Thank you so much. Um and I think in that case, you know that I'm trying to take this podcast in lots of different directions and I'd love your feedback. Um, I can do more episodes like this, not just about sexuality, but about things like identity, about things like, you know, mental health mindset, um, taking the time to really understand who we truly are. Actually, that reminds me. So one thing I wanted to do to like tie this all together, pull this whole episode together is going back to that point I made around trying to accommodate people at the expense of myself. Um, I think I made this point briefly, but I'll just, I think that will, this will like wrap it up nicely is that when we're trying to, when sometimes we can, give too much of ourselves away and to fit in and this episode really is just about saying that's too high a price to pay like if we're trying to fit in at work if we're trying to fit in with our clients if we're trying to fit in what with what the majority thinks is okay then it's going to come at the cost of like our own mental health and happiness and I don't know, happiness and well-being is probably a better word right like I don't mean like ecstatic joy I mean like just our sense of like I am I am grounded I know who I am and I've I am working towards self-actualization 
Self-actualization is that like final stage at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which we've talked about on the show before. So this, when you're in a growth mindset of like, how do I continually grow and get to know more and more about who I am? And I think that like, if we take, if we separate entrepreneurship too much from these other aspects of ourselves, then we don't have that possibility of self-actualization. It's like we need to see ourselves as a whole person and then look at how we can do that in every aspect of our lives. And for me personally, it's scary, but that's also what makes life worth living in a lot of ways. Um, Now, there are people listening to this who are in all sorts of different situations and acknowledging the fact that probably people listening to this identify as bisexual uh, for quite quite a lot of you. So um, if you haven't come out, if you haven't talked to, if you're, you're in a relationship, you haven't talked to your partner about it, if you're struggling with some of the things I've been talking about on this show, um, like I, I am not here giving advice because th- there can be situations that are quite dangerous where you might legitimately feel scared or you might legitimately feel like I can't come out because I'm going to get hurt and, you know, that can happen. So um, go and get help. Um, go like get support uh you're not alone like that's the thing is like we're not alone we feel alone but we're not go check out the bisexual resource center that's a really really good place to start um you can also there's a bunch of like online uh like anonymous sort of like lifeline helpline uh websites like if you if you just google it you'll be able to find it i'll find a few and put put the links in the podcast as well but um that can be really helpful like i've done that before where i just like have like an online chat with someone um see a counselor or a therapist that's super helpful but make sure it's someone who's actually you know going to uh be supportive with what you're going through there are bad counselors and therapists out there there are people that say horrible things um there are mental health experts who have no idea about some of the stats that i've been talking about here so um you need to find someone who's the right fit for you and when it comes to the health disparity issue like part of this is about just talking about oh yeah sometimes i have relationship with women sometimes i have relationship with men like that can affect things like the STDs you get and things like that. So you want to find a doctor that you feel really comfortable with. There's there's lots of things that will just make things so much better for us in the LGBT community who identify as bisexual. Um, and, yeah, the Bisexual Resource Centre is a really, really good place to start. So I think I'm going to leave it there. Wow, I nearly went for an hour. Um, thank you so much for those of you who stuck around till the end i know this is a little bit of a different episode um i don't think i've ever oh maybe i have spoken by myself for this long i probably have (laughs) but um yeah uh i'll probably do something like super marketing ish next next time i might release my interview with sally curtis actually that was that was a pretty good one um sometimes i'll do episodes like this uh i want to mix it up a little bit more and I think I think I'm going to rename the podcast. I'm I'm nearly decided. I said I had decided on um, on LinkedIn, but I'm oh, just waiting a little bit longer. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Sorry again for the late uh, episode. And oh, please like, subscribe, like. You can't really like this, but you know, like subscribe, rate, review the show. Um, really helps to grow the show. If there's someone that you know who you think this would be super helpful for, please share it with them. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99.
Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.